Welcome to our podcast, our new named podcast. It used to be Conversations with Delilah, but now with the new year, we have a whole new image and a new name, and we've changed the name to Love Someone with Delilah, since it's all about love and kindness and changing the world for good. And our guest today is somebody that I met when he was a teenager, and since I met you, you have continued and consistently changed the world for good with your gift and your fans who are insane <laughs> in the best possible ways mostly the best possible ways Josh Groban over the top yeah they do take so it over the top to the lady you. that I met that had you tattooed on her arm yes that that was unique she has a new one she now has my my newer older bearded face tattooed somewhere else I've what seen the big it. beard with the beard yeah I'm not when sure you... I'm not sure how long she she chose to do the beard I think it's somewhere in the middle but uh, but yeah, because because that now I've outgrown my face has outgrown the first young tattoo, so she's had to she's had she's to had get, to update it, get a new one. But she's also like I found out like she's like she's she's kind of like a biker, like she's she's tough, like she wears like leather vests and goes biking on her Harley, and she has like all kinds of other like badass tattoos, and then she just has my face your on her cute, as well. adorable my cute little face when, when I was like 19 face. years old going hi everybody yeah so I <laughs> no, don't know Josh when I hope you were I'm, not, not... I'm ruining her street cred is what it is yeah Josh when you were 19 years old you did not go hi everybody hi everybody I went to your first show when yeah. you were 19 years oh, old man. and and you you looked like you were 14 years old I know I was a late bloomer you were just this tall adorable kid and then you <laughs> open your mouth I know. And out came this voice from heaven. It was. <laughs> it was one of those experiences in my life. There, there are two people that I saw earlier, early, early, early in their career mm-hmm. that that changed me. I think on a cellular level. One was Whitney Houston. Mm. I saw her when she was God. twenty-one. Oh my gosh, what a, that must have been incredible! It was unbelievable. And I look back at old footage of her singing right after when she was singing in church and she yep. was coming right out of the gospel scene. Yeah. Yeah. That instrument just as it continued to be. And she had nothing else when I saw her. She had, you know, a, a small band playing. She had no choreography, no uh, no stage director, yeah, yeah. no lighting. Yeah. It was just her and that voice. There's something magic about that time period. And the same with you when well, I first saw you. So kind. You didn't Thank have you. a big show. You no. didn't have a big production. Yeah. But you walked out, Josh. This thin <laughs> baby face yeah. boy, and out came the voice from heaven. Like God gave you such well, a beautiful gift. That's so kind of you to say. And and I was so lucky as I continue to be that that you were there. You were right at the beginning of it. And you you heard something in me and you were right there to be a support and a friend from day one. So thank you for Janie and I both were just sitting there with our mouth wide open going, (laughs) are we really hearing what we think we're hearing? Because your voice is so magical. And and the connection between me and Whitney is David Foster, who, you know, we made such incredible music with that great, great guy. And uh, so, I mean, that was a time period. I look back at it. I was, I was so, it was so incredible that I was able to have that stage and that platform but i was terrified that scrawny skinny tall kid was 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 really not all that happy <laughs> at that time period no you were because terrified I was, I was so scared 
And I was, um, you know, was, I was plucked from school at that time. When you first came to that concert, that was basically my first time ever touring, ever doing live shows. Um, my voice didn't really come into its own until I was 16, and then David discovered me at 17. So for that time period that you first saw me, I was a student and a pro at the same time. I was trying to, I was basically learning as I went. But you, you did a great job. Well, thanks. And the same time I met you and, and discovered your voice, I met your folks. Yeah. And I knew you were going to be okay. Uh, they, I, they saved me. I knew me you were going to be okay so because I was so, honestly, I was so afraid for you. Yeah. Because I've seen this industry yep. chew people up oh, and yeah. spit them out. Yeah. Like I said, I, I met Whitney. I, I saw her when she was young, mm-hmm. and I saw what happened. Mm-hmm. And I when I saw your talent, I was so afraid for you. <laughs> well, I was also so naive. You you are so naive. I was, I was really naive. And I think I look back at it now, and I think, well, blissfully so. Yeah. Because I didn't know. But like, you were trying to be so tough. You're like, yeah, I'm from California. Yeah, I'm from LA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got my new album out. Uh, this is my tour, uh, so it's all going good. I'm yeah. really feeling pretty, feeling pretty good about things. Yeah, and inside you're just going, you know, alert, alert, you know, and uh, you know, and and I didn't know at that point all the all the myriad of ways that it could it could be a, that it could go all terribly wrong. You know, I, I and was, and it does for so many people because they're not grounded. That is, but I think, the the main reason. Yeah, the lack what, of that grounding. What I saw in you when I met you was standing right behind you, four feet away, were your folks. Yep. And your mom, oh my gosh, what a beautiful lady. Oh, she's she's wonderful. She's, she's so, so, so wonderful. And she was like, we're not going to let that happen <laughs> Very, to yeah. our son. We are yeah. going to make sure that, that he is looked after and grounded true. and... And they're still yeah. there. Oh, absolutely. I'm so lucky that I, I still have them as a sounding board and as my protectors. And just, you know, to have that balance, to have to have parents that believe in you that way. And I, I had an amazing professional team, too. But there's only so much that a professional team can do for you big picture when it comes to the emotions you're going through and the decisions that you have to make that might not be the best thing for your professional career but are the best things for your soul and for your for your emotional well-being and having a family that you can bounce those things off to that gives you the balance that I think when when it does go wrong when when people spiral out it's because they don't have that balance it's because they don't have people to turn to away from the decision makers they have good as they may be in the industry and so um yeah no without without my parents and my brother too I've got to give my brother a lot of credit too because he's he's my younger brother but he's like my older brother he's just He's always been ten times more mature. He's just got such a great head on his shoulders. He's a brilliant director. He's he's a behind the camera guy, and he's just so full of wisdom too. So yeah, to have a great family uh, is something that I'm I'm very 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 lucky. And I heard you on the Today Show, yeah. talking with uh, Kathy and Hoda about uh-huh. the fact that your folks' love story has inspired <laughs> you in your in your music yeah. and finding that. Uh, the 99 years yeah, yeah. forever loved. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I can only write from my experiences when I write about myself. And those experiences generally stem from relationships that I'm in, which, you know, uh, I've, I've been in a, a couple of relationships that have lasted, you know, almost the three-year mark. But generally, you know, you know, my, not not a lot of people I know have been together as long as my parents have. Like, I, you know, it's 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 pretty remarkable that they've been together. I mean, 50 years. 
that's just they've beaten all the odds. So so I might, you know, I might write about new love or a relationship that I'm in, but I'm also I'm so inspired by the idea of their journey and the fact that it wasn't always you know, it wasn't always perfect. That looking for perfection is, I think, something that uh, drives people to a lot of unnecessary pressure. And my parents, I think, didn't know what they were doing for a lot of it, which I think was another key factor in their success was that they were just diving in and didn't necessarily have a plan. They just went off of love and loving each other. And also just being able to laugh off the small stuff, you know. And So who who has the the insanely fabulous sense of humor that you got? Was it both of oh, them or one or the other? They're both pretty funny. My dad is more of like a Borscht Belt, uh, like uh, just kind of very dry, very Groucho Marxy kind of humor. Now, does he do the stupid dad jokes? Oh, he does. He invented dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, I was born I was born with a dad joke. Like oh, they slapped my, my back and I immediately had a dad joke. Yeah, going, oh, yeah. God, this, this kid's going to be intolerable. Yeah. Um, and my mom... Um, is kind of uh, she's 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 definitely more like the emotional of the two, so she um, she's kind of funny. Does she make excuses she, for the dad jokes? Does she, she say, "Oh, I'm so sorry"? She, you know, she does laugh at them, which is I think that's the key. <laughs> I think that I think that the, one of the reasons they've been together so long is that he can make her laugh and vice versa. I think that um, that's a big part of it. But, but my mom, my my dad is like is is that kind of witty but brief. My mom will tell a hell of a story and be very funny in the way that she'll talk about a situation that happened or somebody that she met or something like that. And that's where her humor comes through. Yeah. When I've talked to your mom, she's very self-deprecating. Oh, very Like, much she so. does not take herself seriously. I, and she yeah. can tell fabulous stories. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and and growing up, in now being in the music business, where everybody is so about taking themselves seriously and, you know, thinking every little story they have is the most important thing that's ever happened. Um, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. I found myself in show business as a teenager, but both my parents are not showbiz parents. And I think that was the key, but they come from education. My mom was an art, art teacher, a junior high school art teacher in public school in LA. You got to be funny to survive junior and high school kids. And she loves working with junior high school students. Even now, I, that's just baffling, to which me. is absolutely, I taught, I taught art for three years. Oh and yeah. Junior high school kids will put me yes over the edge, right over the yep. edge. Yep, it's it's because they, they they're testing the boundaries. It's right at puberty. There's, oh, there's, yeah, it's, it's it's everybody wants to be really cool. Everybody's a poo poo head. You total. Everyone's a total poo poo head. And but my mom like <laughs> has like the magic. She she can command their attention, and um and even now because I've got my arts foundation, find your light, and my mom is a big part of that. She's on. She was helped me co-create and was on the board, and she'll visit schools and she'll talk to these inner city teenagers and just it's amazing how she's able to connect with them and and reach them. She's a teacher through and through, and so between that and my dad having started in art, she, he was a trumpet player and jazz trumpet player in college. He came from a very very uh, traditional family and. Um, and, you know, his mom kind of said, that's no way to make a living, you know, going to business. Yeah. And so he did. So, so you know, very grounded, very grounded folks, which which then going into a very not grounded business, I think, was was essential that I stayed in the real world. So let's talk about your foundation. Yeah, sure. Because you've been doing this for years. And yeah. one of the things that I love about the school my kids go to is they have, and the little town that I live in, has an amazing choral program. 
Oh, yeah. My son, Zach, that I told you that, yep. they, that passed, we started something called the Zachariah Fund. Wonderful. Um, where we raise money for kids who want to be in the choral program mm-hmm. but can't buy the suit, the mm-hmm. uniform. Right, right. You know, the boys have suits, the girls yep. have black dresses. Mm-hmm. And they're not expensive, yeah. but if you're on a you know fixed income, yeah. they're expensive. And so trips, choral trips. Our, our choral teacher, Mr. Allen, is a father figure to so many kids yeah. in our community. Yeah. And he really... Brings out the best in kids. Yeah, and uh, it's so important it's because so important because it's a tool. You know, I think that the misconception when it's argued about and talked about in schools is that it's a soft subject, that it's an extracurricular, that it's a drum circle just to fill time, macaroni necklaces, that kind of thing. And you know, and it's it's it, it, it's it is, life. It is as essential as any of the major. Uh, categories of education, and I and I say that without even a shred of doubt because I've seen it in action. I've seen it used in schools where it's not about becoming a talent, like becoming a, a professional singer or whatever. I mean, if that happens, it opened up a world of possibility for me. It gave me blinders. It gave me the bug. But what I've seen more so, and especially in inner city communities and places where I was very lucky, but so many kids who don't have the parental system at home that keeps them where they need to be, that doesn't have the opportunity to go out and see shows and be part of camps and stuff like I was part of, that's their open door to express themselves and to build leadership skills. And their grades go up, the graduation rates go up, their home life goes up, their parents are coming to see them in their school plays. And they've had previously nothing to talk about at home. And suddenly they're going and they're saying, oh my God, I had no idea my son or my daughter wanted was this good a dancer, wanted to be an Annie or whatever it is. And they're cheering in the audience and for a lot of families, that's that's a very special connection and source of pride that they hadn't had previously. And it's life. It's life. It's, it's empathy. Life. And in, in this ever-divided world that we're in where everything is being shouted from the rooftops about how scared we should be of each other and, and um, suspicious and, and fearful, uh, the arts are, are one of the few languages we have left that are as that universal, that, that teach us about each other's common denominators and 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 what brings us together as a unity but also celebrates our differences i have a a daughter who's 14 Mm -hmm. blessing and she played sports for the first time this year and it was so much fun to go see her but it was weird for me because for the last 10 15 years the kids that i've been parenting Mm. were all into the arts yeah drama music choir choral the elite choir program. And they're program. so lucky to have had you, too, to, and to introduce them. Yeah. But I think sports can do the same thing, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. But it was it was uh, so similar but so different. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm used to curling the girl's hair for the Madrigal Feast <laughs> yeah. and finding a boar's head, uh-huh. you know, that they can bring in. Because <laughs> sure. every year they have a real boar's head at oh, the Madrigal do? Feast. Oh, yeah. that's gnarly. It's their biggest fundraiser cool. and the most amazing uh, two weekends uh-huh. of of the high school's music program yep. to go from that to the basketball court. Yep. Yep. But the relationships that my daughter formed with the other girls that she played with, I saw the same sort of glue mm-hmm. that held the team together, yep. that held Zach's choir together mm-hmm. and Shayla's choir together mm-hmm. and Bridget's choir together and the plays together. And what people need to understand and, the, and I try to express this on the show, is life, if you don't have love, if you don't have relationships, if you don't have community, 
you are going to end up in trouble. Mm. Kids it's, are going to end up in gangs if true. they don't have family, it's true. if they don't have community. Yeah. And what you're doing by supporting the arts is giving them that family, that community, that that glue to to help them care about someone else. Yeah. Well, it's, it's when you care yeah. about the show, when you care about yeah. the the performance, when you care about the choir, that gives you skills to change the world. Purpose. And it gives you uh, empathy, empathy, and, and and it gives you a voice that that for the first time in these young people's lives they feel really matters that they really can do something. There's so much noise out there, and there's so much negativity, especially now with social media and all the ways that pe- kids can be anonymously bullied and and made to feel s- so small. The arts uh, and sports too. I really do feel that athletics are, are are vitally important as well. Um, Give give young people the chance to to choose the right side of the fence when they when they're on the fence, uh, because you're right. It, it's uh, there are too many temptations out there to find validation in their lives when they, when there is a void, to find it in unhealthy ways, and the arts gives them a healthy outlet. And 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 in that way, I don't think it's overstating that it's it's helping to save future generations and and change the course of the world through the, the, the leadership and empathy of those generations. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So my foundation, Point Hope, we mm-hmm. work with foster kids. And the statistics, Josh, for foster kids in America is stomach-turning. Yeah, I know. 487,000 kids right now in foster care. Mm. Last year, 2018, 19,987 kids aged out with no parents, mm. no family, no hope. Mm. And so what we try to do is encourage people to adopt children who are in foster care and legally free and support kids who are in foster care. We got to figure out how to team up. Yes. Anytime. So that we can use Absolutely. your yeah. platform for arts yep. to help kids who don't have permanency, yes. who don't have a forever yes. family. Who need that so who, desperately. Exactly. Yeah. Find that hope and joy. Yeah. And the, I can't sing a note. You know that. You've heard me. I don't. I've actually had a theory that in the shower, in your car, Oh, I sing really loud. You're sing- <laughs> the fact that I can't sing doesn't stop me from singing. Well, you've got such a glorious speaking voice that I kind of feel like people who have incredible speaking voices should must, should, should be yes. able to sing.
ding, ding it. Well, yeah. It's yes. so not fair, but God well. gave me a three-note range. <laughs> you know, as so long as I'm speaking in my in my range. But and I can't stand my speaking voice, so I'll get on the mic and go, and I go, hi, how are you guys? I'm down to grow and I see you guys. How is that? How is that happening? Let's trade. Let's trade. But but when I was in school, I was in plays. Okay, I didn't get to do the musical. I didn't get to be Cinderella. All right, I didn't get I didn't get a singing role in my first musical either. Really? Yeah, I was Mr. Scheinkopf in Fame. I was the German math teacher, music teacher, and uh, and I I didn't. didn't get a singing role. Well, I got know. to sing along with Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Well, that's but, fun. You know, there anyway, was like thirty I mean, other people yeah. singing. Sure. But that was my home. Yep. That was my stage. Yep. And my brother, I had a brother, Matt, who's left to be in heaven years ago. But Matt and I were in every play together and our friends were the same friends and we always hosted the after the play party at yeah. our house. Yeah. And I have so many amazing memories yeah. from that. They stick with you. They stick with you for yeah, life, they, and they, they're, they're the building blocks of your future relationships. Absolutely, and those friendships last forever, too. Whenever I've been in a—there's in a, when, nothing like being in a production with somebody that really just connects you emotionally for life. You've just—you've been through it. You've learned the lines together. You've been through the boot camp of doing a show, and that's, I think, one of the great things about being young and doing theater is it teaches you discipline. It teaches you— you know, selflessness when it comes to making sure the whole show, you're a cog in a wheel. It's exactly. not just about you. And I think that that, that connectivity is so important too. And, and, and from a social aspect, I made friends because of the arts. That's another thing is I didn't feel as lonely when I was a kid because I was shy. I wasn't, I wasn't going to go up and make friends by myself. It was being part of a show, sometimes being forced through the assignment to interact with kids on an artistic level. You learn about each other. You become friends with each other. So how can somebody... Uh partner with you yeah. and get involved. Well, we, uh, in a number of different ways, we um, have a website. We can, anybody can go to findyourlight, findyourlightfoundation.org. Uh, the name of the foundation is Find Your Light. And they can learn about us. They can donate off the website. Um, and through the website, if you're a program who also needs help, you can reach out to us. We take grant requests. Um, we are always looking for new places to team up with to uh, to funnel uh, um, our donations into to become a Find Your Light program. We, we kind of uh, like to be a part of many different organizations' success. And, uh, and then, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our fourth gala this year, you know, and uh, it's, it's incredible. I've been able to call on my friends who've been right there, uh, people like Adina Menzel, who has her own Broader Way Foundation, uh, people like uh, Joshua Bell, who's done incredible things with education through music, this year, we're honoring the, uh, Tony Bennett, you know, who's uh, he and his, his wife have just done incredible things. So, you know, we've had the honor of being able to include artists and friends that share our vision, that we all team up together for the same purpose, that there is no competition with these kinds of things. And that's one of the fun things about Find Your Light. As an umbrella organization, we're out there to help make sure that those programs in school and after school don't get lost in the shuffle. Don't fall through the cracks as those as the funds are being cut at at record speed unbelievably yeah. um it's 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 a shame it's a it is shame. a shame it's criminal yeah it, it it's is. criminal and when you you were earlier talking about the fact that when kids are involved in music or mm-hmm. plays or the arts yeah i mean i'm a i love pottery i love painting i love yeah, drawing cool. i have a son tk who's mm-hmm. uh, 18 and before i adopted him he had a traumatic brain injury mm. that went undiagnosed for years we didn't know we didn't have the records mm. But he has found his home mm-hmm. on the potter's wheel in the wow. art room at their school. It's a focuser. 
Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And he's turning out these beautiful yeah. creations and bowls. Sure. But more than that, he started mentoring the younger kids. Oh, that's great. And teaching them. Yeah. And it's really given him an outlet yes. for his love. He has a path. He has he, a purpose. Ah, oh, and he's so, so talented. And he's, and he's now reaching those kids and yeah. passing on that purpose. And it, yeah. it gives and it gives and it gives. And that's that's the incredible thing about arts education is that what you receive from it, you then have a million opportunities to give back to, to the next give person. Back. And it just continues. Um, we also did a really cool thing. Um, you like wine. Do you drink? I don't. You don't drink. I don't. I drink. <laughs> <laughs> I know you took your folks to wine I, I, country. That's true. I took them to wine country. Um, the last time I drank wine, it was strawberry Boone, Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill oh, well, that's cracked why, ice. That's why you yeah, stopped. Yeah. That's, that'll do it. That's a yeah. hang, That's a hangover. That, I that's would imagine, a is a hangover that, that, that would make anybody stone cold sober for the rest of their lives. Okay. Oh, boy. But, um, but we teamed up with a wonderful guy named Ross Halleck, who is um, both a, an award-winning Pinot maker and also an arts fan. And he reached out to us and he said, hey, love what you guys are doing. We have a whole lot of wine that we've made that is ready to go. And we want to make it a find, the Find Your Light wine. And, we, and we're going to give every dollar of profits to Find Your Light. And we've done that now for four years. And since I'm such a, such a wine lover, he said, for the next couple of vintages, come over and blend with us. So I got to learn all about tasting. I got to drink out of the barrels and just learn about what all the different vines can do and all the different types of oak can do. To, to a blend. So now these bottles that we're, we're selling for the foundation are just absolutely delicious and really personal because we've had our own personal touch into them too. And, Have you ever um, read the book, The Secret of the Vine? No. It's oh, about, I've heard about this. That's thick. I mean, it's it's a one-hour reading. Yeah, yeah. Blow your mind. Wow. I mean, I'm not a, a wine drinker, but that book made me want to well, it's fascinating. learn about wine. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm, not a, I'm not a heavy drinker by any stretch, but I love... I love learning about the creation of wine. And like yeah. you said, whether you drink or not, it's the fun to learn form. about the horticulture, the yeah. how, what goes into it, what what um, proprietors do and winemakers do to make that happen. You know, it's uh, it's pretty stunning to do. Well, I have vines on my farm that are over 100 years old. I have wow. two, uh, two sets of grape vines that cool. I have excavated off old properties mm -hmm. and brought to my farm and planted yeah. probably... I don't know, a couple hundred plants that are 120, 130 wow, years old. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. A, a trick I learned from the Mondavi family, they have, I'm sorry to name drop, uh, they had me over for a barbecue once, and they grilled over their old vines. The old vines that they weren't using anymore, really old vines, they used as, as wood under oh, the grill man, I to, bet to that grill with. Was... And it gave, it, gave the, it gave the meat a really cool texture and flavor. And uh, so that's a, that's a little, if you're in, into into vines, that's a cool grilling well, tip. I, I, I clip them, I groom yep. them, I yeah. prune them. I have beautiful harvests. Yeah. I just don't know how to make wine. Well, I mean, that's, I need, me neither. That's why I'll I teamed up with you. Ross. I'll call you and I'll yeah. say, okay, yeah. Josh Groban, here I got umpteen <laughs> bushels of these beautiful grapes. Tell me there what you to go. Do with them. You there know what you I do go. with them? I juice them and I freeze it. And then when I make my health, I blend a health drink yep. every morning. Yeah. I use uh, they're the delicious. Grape juice. They're, oh! they're delicious. Just the non boozy wine grapes are just yeah. just awesome. Just just juice them or eat them off yep. eat them off the vine. 
but um, but uh, but anyway, no, this this wine is delicious. If people want to go, uh, if people want to check it out, they can go to my website and get it. It all goes to charity, and we've got some 2015s left, which are awesome. Very sweet. Yeah. And your tour is going to be announced when? We've just released. We've just announced the new dates. Uh, I'm going to be going out at the beginning of summer. We're going to be doing uh, a bunch of arenas again, and then we're going to do some great outdoor venues as well, um, places like Red Rocks and Santa Barbara Bowl. Uh, Wolf Trap, Ravinia, some of these classic Tanglewood. I mean, speaking speaking of arts, I'm going to be going back to Interlochen, where I went to arts camp, and we're going to play we're going to play the outdoor amphitheater that I would see shows at when I was a kid. Oh, that and is so very cool. I even like I wear my camp pin when I go back on that stage, and uh, just looking out at all the kids in their uniforms that I remember sitting in those seats. That's always really really special. But the arena shows are going to be fun because half of them are going to be with uh, my friend Jennifer Nettles. We sang this morning on the Today yeah. Show. Um, and then half ninety nine years, ninety nine years. We're going to be singing that so song beautiful. and more. Thank you so much. And then Chris Bodie, my friend Chris Bodie, the wonderful trumpet player. I is gonna, love Chris. Yeah, he's going to join me on the second half of the shows, and we're going to do. You know who loves Chris? Is producer Janie loves Chris? Oh well, well. <laughs> Chris is a Chris is. Uh, it's impossible not man not to be in the mood with his music and his playing and just yeah, he's a very sharp dressed guy. Sharp dressed man, yeah. talented, talented. Yeah, we, we all have to. Sweet. We all have to. Have to spruce it up a little bit when Chris is on on, <laughs> on deck. We're going. Oh, Chris is coming on tour. Okay. All okay. Right. Great. Press the suits. Yeah. Break out this. the slacks. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, thank you for spending time with me. It's thank always an absolute awesome. privilege to be to be with you and to talk to you and to uh, to share share a couple of microphones with you. You're you're an absolute uh, absolute treasure, and uh, and I can't thank you enough for the years of support and friendship. Love you, John. You too. God bless. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.